Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about some of the things that are going on around the globe. We'll also visit with Larry Reed. He is the president emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. And we'll also visit with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of many murder mysteries. We'll speak with Jim as well. It is May the 29th, and happy birthday to my son, Nick. And on this day in 1953, Edmund Hillary of New Zealand and Tenzing Norgay, a Sherpa of Nepal, became the first explorers to reach the summit of Mount Everest, which at 29,035 feet above sea level is the highest point on Earth. The two, part of a British expedition, made the final assault on the summit after spending a fitful night at 27,900 feet. News of their achievement broke around the world on June the 2nd, the day Queen Elizabeth II's coronation, and Britons hailed as it is a good omen for their country. Mount Everest sits on the crest of the Great Himalayas in Asia, lying on the border between Nepal and Tibet, called uh, Kromalunga, or Mother Goddess of the Land, by the Tibetans. The English named the mountain after Sir George Everest, a 19th century British surveyor on South Asia. The uh, summit of Everest reached two-thirds of the way through the air into the Earth's atmosphere at about the cruising altitude of jet jet airliners, and um, oxygen levels are very low there. Temperatures are extremely cold, and weather is very unpredictable. The first recorded attempt to climb Everest was made in 1921 by a British expedition that trekked 400 difficult miles across the Tibetan Plateau to the foot of the Great Mountain. A raging storm forced them to turn uh, abort their asset, ascent, but uh, mountaineers among the George Lee Mallory had seen what appeared to be a feasible route to the peak. It was Mallory who quipped, later asked by a journalist why he wanted to climb Everest. He said, because it's there, the famous quote. <clears throat> and of course, uh, we've, uh, that we talked about the book, the great book about the ascent that uh, many people died uh, without proper clothing and without uh, proper oxygen and so forth. What is the name of the book? I forgot now. It doesn't matter, but uh, it's a great read. Uh, it is Memorial Day and on uh, an American holiday observed on the last Monday of May, honoring the men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. I found this letter to the editor in the Naples Daily News this weekend by Lou Walker of Cape Coral. Uh, you don't find many uh, good letters to the editor in uh, the Naples Daily News. It's kind of a echo chamber for liberals in my opinion but nevertheless this appeared and I, it impressed me so much i wanted to read it to you memorial day is observed each year it was traditionally observed on may the 30th but now observed on the last monday in may this is the day where the entire nation pays tribute to the many active men and women who gave their ultimate sacrifice for the people of our now troubled and divided nation it's originally began as a day to recognize fallen Union soldiers, and it was expanded following World War I and became an official federal holiday in 1971. It's not about patriotism. It's not about fireworks and celebrations. It's a time of remembrance. It's a time to pay tribute, pause, and reflect upon the reason behind our country's greatness. As you spend a three-day weekend by the pool or barbecue at your place of worship or cemetery, remember Memorial Day should not only be the day to start the summer season, but a day to count our blessings and remember those who served and died to protect our country and gave us our freedom to express our beliefs and feelings and made you even safe, even if you're entitled, self-centered, and ungrateful people of this nation. Lou Walker of Cape Coral. I think you really get it. That was a great letter. So thank you for that. Memorial Day. We'll talk more about it with uh, Mark Schulman, who's in uh, uh, Israel, by the way. And, of course, everybody in Israel serves in the military, and they really have a, a, a notion about what Memorial Day is all about. 
Well, state lawmakers received high marks on Foundation for Florida's Future 2023 Florida Education Report Card following the legislative session. The foundation graded lawmakers based on their support of student-centered education policies. Out of 159 lawmakers, 133 received an A or a B. House Speaker Paul Renner and uh, Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo of Naples, of course, received A+. House Minority Leader Fentress Driscoll of Tampa and Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book both received a C. Three Democrats made the honor roll, uh, and uh, nobody from the Senate made the honor roll from the Democrat Party. Grades are based on legislators' voting records and demonstrations of leadership. House and Senate voting records are calculated on a ratio of favorable votes cast for student-centered policies out of the total opportunities to vote on those policies. According to U.S. News and World Report, Florida is ranked number one in both education and higher education in 2023. Now, that's a great achievement, except I just want to uh, let you know that uh, how do we rank in the world? Well, uh, the United States is investing much in human capital as other developed countries, and it's some comparative advantages falling behind as a result. U.S. students' math skills have remained stagnant for decades. The country is falling behind many others which have greatly improved, such as Japan, Poland, and Ireland. <clears throat> U.S. test scores are below the global average. The U.S. placed 11th out of 79 countries in science when testing was last administered in 2018. Uh, the top five math-scoring countries were all in Asia. Uh, U.S. students' math scores have remained steady since 2003. Their science scores have been about the same since 2006. The IMD World Competitive Center reports that the U.S. ranked 10th in the 2020 Competitiveness Report after ranking in 2018. The Program for International Student Assessment is administered by the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, and it tests 15-year-old students around the world. The U.S. placed 11th out of the 79 countries in science while the test was last administered in 2018. It did much worse in math, ranking 30th. So we put a lot of money into education. We're not getting great results. And I guess we could say if we're number one in the United States, we're, we're the best of maybe the mediocre. Uh, we'd really like to see us change the paradigm and focus on uh, world results as opposed to simply how we're doing in the United States or in Collier County. Well, Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy reached a tentative deal to suspend the federal government's $31.4 trillion debt ceiling on Saturday evening, ending a month-long stalemate. However, the deal was announced without any celebration in terms of the reflected, the bitter tenor of the negotiations and the difficult path it has to pass through Congress before the United States runs out of money to pay its debts in early June. The debt would uh, suspend the debt limit through January of 2025 while capping spending in the 2024 and 2025 budgets, claw back unused COVID funds, speed up the permitting process for some energy projects, and includes some extra work requirements for food and aid programs for poor Americans. After months of back and forth, a tentative agreement came together in a flurry of calls. Biden and McCarthy held a 90-minute phone call earlier on Saturday evening to discuss the deal. McCarthy briefed his members later in the evening, and the White House and the House leaders spoke afterwards. We still have more work to do tonight to finish the writing of it, McCarthy told reporters on Capitol Hill. McCarthy said the, he expects to finish writing the bill on Sunday and then speak to uh, Biden and have a vote on, on the deal on Wednesday. Biden and McCarthy have to uh, carefully thread the needle to find a compromise that can clear the House with a Republican majority and uh, the Senate with a slight Democrat majority, meaning it will need bipartisan support before the president can sign it. <clears throat> Negotiations uh, and negotiators have agreed to cap non-defense discretionary spending in 2023 levels for one year and increase it by 1% in 2025. Uh, it has an historic reduction in spending, consequential reforms that will lift people out of poverty and the workforce, rein in government overreach, and there are no new taxes, no government programs McCarthy said no new uh, government programs. The deal will avert an economic destabilizing default. So as it succeeds uh, in passing it through the narrowly divided Congress before the Treasury Department runs short of money to cover all of its obligations, which is warned on Friday that it will occur by June the 5th. 
Two-way negotiations between Biden and McCarthy uh, began in earnest on May the 16th. The work to raise the debt limit is far from done. McCarthy has vowed to give House members 72 hours to read the legislation before bringing it to the floor for a vote. That'll test whether or not the moderate members support the compromise in the bill to overcome the opposition from both hard-right Republicans and progressive Democrats to reach a simple majority vote. Then it'll need to pass the Senate, where it will need at least nine Republican votes to succeed. There are numerous opportunities for in each chamber along the way to slow down the process. For example, Texas GOP uh, Representative Chip Roy, among the most conservative in the House Republican Conference, conference uh, criticized the tentative President Biden House Speaker McCarthy debt ceiling on Sunday after the agreement was announced late Saturday. He used social media to push back on McCarthy's claim that more than 95% of those in the conference were very excited about the deal. First, the leadership playbook is is to line up cheerleading on the phone calls to demonstrate unity. Second, not 95%, he tweeted, I know more more knows than that already. And third, they haven't been educated on yet what this crap sandwich (laughs) deal is, but they will be, he said. So uh, there you have it. It's going to be a difficult thing to pass, and uh, many people are disappointed on both sides. Usually that indicates it's a good deal if everybody's disappointed, didn't get what they want. But it's going to be a tough sell uh, to the uh, conservative part of the Republican Party. Early in the debt crisis, uh, ceiling crisis, the Biden administration tried to scare veterans into believing Republicans might cut their benefits, which did not happen. But the administration's own treatment of the nation's warriors suffered from glaring failures, ranging from lax security to benefits delayed by unwarranted tests. The futures, uh, the failures were laid bare in a series of reports and memos to the public by the Department of Veteran Affairs. It's really a shame. Things are getting uh, more lax uh, for uh, veterans as uh, we allow more and more uh, illegal immigrants into the country. What are our priorities and, and where are they right now? It's really a big, a good question. And I want to remind you that there is a Memorial Day uh, a remembrance and honor today at 10 a.m. 9.45, there's going to be musical prelude to Pine Ridge Middle School under the baton of Major uh, Music Director Kelly Parker. It's going to be presented by the Collier County Veterans, uh, CV, CCVVC, It's going to be at Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens at 525 111th Avenue in Naples, 34108. So the service begins at 11 a.m., and uh, I hope you take advantage of it. There's going to be a nice cookout, too, at the event. So 10 a.m. this morning at uh, the Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time.
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now we have with us Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website, good for kids of all ages. It's called HistoryCentral.com. I hope you check it out. Mark Schulman, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure, Bob. So I'd like to point out to our listeners that you are in Tel Aviv right now and have been for months. And uh, today is Memorial Day, a very uh, solemn day, actually, for us to demonstrate our gratitude for those that have served and get made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. I'd like to get your perspective. Absolutely, Bob. First of all, let's look a little bit at the numbers. So from the dawn of the United States and the Revolutionary War to today, one million uh, eleven, no, excuse me, one million ten thousand and one and forty-three American soldiers have given their lives uh, for the country. It started in rather small numbers when we think about it, 4,435 in the Revolutionary War, 2,260 in the War of 1812, By the Mexican-American War, there was 13,283. And, of course, the Civil War, which was the second bloodiest, I mean, by far the bloodiest in terms of percentage, there were 364,511 Union soldiers Mm -hmm. who died. There is no exact number for Confederate soldiers. That represented 16% of the combatants in the war. Some of those died, of course, um, not, not from casualties of the battles, but from a lot of the plagues and other problems that existed during the um, during the war in the camps. Uh, World War One, there were 116,000. World War Two, which was the largest number, 405,000. Mm. Uh, Korean War, 36,000. 58,000 in the Vietnam War. Um, and then, of course, we dropped Desert Storm, 382. Um, Enduring Freedom. Two, which is basically Afghanistan and the related things, 2,353, and Iraqi freedom, 4,431. Mm. So those are the, the sacrifices that were made, the ultimate sacrifices that were made. Um, I think we don't spend enough time thinking about that and realizing that. And there's, you know, there are military families in the United States, and since the draft has ended, too many people to them, it's some foreign foreign affair taking place, even, right. you know, locally, but it's someone else's children, obviously. And that's always a real problem, to say the least. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we, we definitely stand on the shoulders of those who died for our benefit, for our freedom. So it's, uh, it is a solemn day, and we should all remember uh, that sacrifice. If we were in Israel, uh, what, would the, what would be the proceedings for the day? Well, in, in Israel, for instance, everything the night before closes. There is absolutely <coughs> no commerce. Uh, no restaurants, no stores, nothing are, is open at all. The whole country stands for uh, one minute of uh, sirens on the evening before, at which point there there is a national ceremony. And then the day itself, at um, 11 o'clock in the morning, sirens go off, and that's when ceremonies take place in all the military cemeteries throughout the country. It's a much more solemn day in Israel than it is in the United States, obviously. The percentage of people 
in, the, in Israel who have been killed in the wars, of course, much higher for a small country. Yeah. And everybody, everybody knows somebody, whether it's a relative or a friend. There's almost no family that's untouched um, by the wars over the, over the years. Um, in the United States, again, it's much less so. Certainly, obviously, immediately past, you know, following World War II, uh, unfortunately, everybody knew somebody. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, even, everyone, even that, though, observed. if I'm not mistaken, Israel has a, a universal draft. So everybody, if they, if they have a, don't know somebody, at least they've understood what people what, have gone through by uh, doing service in the Israeli right. army. And Navy. I mean, I think it's a great mistake in the United States not necessarily to have a draft to the army, but draft to some sort of a, a service for one year. Yeah. Whether it's working in national parks, whether it's working in hospitals, people can get to choose what they want to do. But the idea of giving back one year of your life for the country that's given you an education and all the things that America gives to to young people, I think, is an is a good idea. Also, the the beauty of it, and I think part of our problem today politically, is that we live in our own little bubbles. And, you know, during World War II, you know, you, the trench was full of people who we'd never meet in, no, in normal lifetimes. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a very negative that's taken place in the United States as universal services disappeared. People don't meet people who are different than themselves and don't get to know them as friends. Right. And uh, that's something that's written. It's one of the things that's behind the Great Divide that's sort of political, but it's more than political. Social divide in the United States today is the fact that there isn't universal service, there isn't something that unites everybody and has a, and people have a chance to, to meet each other. Um, it happens a little bit in, let's say, the service academies, but even there, it's, they usually, a high percentage of those in the service academies are either coming from military families or, you know, overachievers usually from, from the lower rungs of the socioeconomic scale. Absolutely. Well, appreciate your perspective on that, Mark. Uh, thank you for that, because I think it's just a great reminder for us to, well, not to take it, not to uh, take for granted uh, what the freedoms that we have. And we can see right now with what's happening in the country, how quickly they can dissipate if we don't take care of them. Absolutely. And one other statement I want to make, which, which is usually we stay away from domestic politics, but it, there's an article recently that always gets my blood pressure up, and that was this idea of reparations uh. Uh, for slavery. And uh, it just drives me nuts when I look at the number of, three, you know, what about the 353,000 Union soldiers who died? Yeah. What do they get? Yeah. So that's, you know, I'm not taking away from slavery and how terrible it was, etc., but that's a whole other story. It is anyway. indeed, but, uh, but great point. <laughs> just, <in> California. <laughs> I mean, some of these things are completely, I'm sorry, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, we may disagree some ways politically. I'm all in favor of trying to give... Um, people of low income an additional leg up, so to speak, uh, so that they can, you know, compete better in the world. And the people with the worst situation should be, get help from the country because no one should starve, no one should have no roof over their heads. On the other hand, I don't think anything. When you talk about uh, when you talk about reparations for something that happened 150 years ago or more, and you know, it seems to me to be completely completely absurd. But that's, uh. Well, well said. I, I totally agree with that. So, Mark, we need to take a little break. Can you stick around? Absolutely, Bob. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratuscale Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Right now, we continue the conversation with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. Again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. So, Mark, uh, the next big topic is, of course, the controversial election in Turkey. Erdogan is declaring victory at this point. What are your thoughts? Well, it looks like he clearly won. I mean, the <clears throat> votes were counted awfully fast, but leave that part aside. Let's assume he actually won. Mm-hmm. You know, it says something interesting, and it's a worldwide phenomenon, right, where these older leaders keep on staying around, and people actually vote for them in some form or another. I mean, we look at, he's been around for 20 years. I mean, look at um, Netanyahu here in Israel, 20 years he's been around. Um, look at Putin. Um Look at Biden. I mean, only money elected four years ago, but still. And look at Trump. All these people who, who in another generation would have retired by far, mm-hmm. um, and they're all sticking around. But more interestingly, people are voting for them, and uh, it's a very interesting phenomenon. It's you know, like I said, it's it's not just in the United States, and it's not just in Turkey. It's in, it's in a lot of countries in the world. People are going for what they know as opposed to something young and different. I don't know. I, I can't fully explain it. It's obviously not everywhere. Uh, England has gone through a few younger prime ministers in the last few years, obviously. But still, it's a very interesting phenomenon. Um, it doesn't say good things in a way, because I don't. I am a strong believer that no one should be around too long in terms of leadership and in politics. And the longer you're around, the more corrupt you're likely to be, the more you're likely to identify yourself with the state, and yeah. we certainly see that in terms of Turkey. Yeah. And we see it in other places as well. And my experience is, I think we have something like 93% of the incumbents are re-elected here in the United States, and I think it has something to do with the uninformed voter typically just goes with, you know, oh, I recognize the name type of thing, and as opposed to uh, really boning up on the issues, which is really right. unfortunate. Right, there's no question about that. I mean, look, but look at the U.S. Senate these days, how old it is. Yeah. And part of the problem is people aren't retiring. Yeah. You know, it's too comfy. Okay, we're all living longer, and that's a good thing. And I guess we're also healthier later in life. So we think we can do more. But on the other hand, there, you know, there's a point where we're just not as capable as we once were in many different ways. That's true. Well, I, I, just one correction, though, of course, over the last few years, we haven't been living longer, which is a different topic. Well, that's a different story. But I, don't, I don't mean, you know, obviously the last two years it's gone down, but yeah. leave, leaving that aside for the moment, of, you know, over long periods of time, we're clearly living longer and healthier. Yeah. So um, all of these things um, combine, um, then it's not good. It's, it's not healthy. It really is not healthy. Well, I, I want... don't believe, you know, <clears throat> I don't believe that every... I don't believe 20-year-olds should be running the world, but yeah. maybe 50-year-olds. Yeah, uh. I agree. So, uh, But, Mark, I, I take it there's not a controversy then about the real winner or anything like no, that? No, I don't think there is. No one's questioning whether he actually won. I mean, how he won is a different story. I mean, he controls the media. Yeah. So uh, there were no stories, you know, no negative stories. We had Twitter, which unfortunately um, does not believe in free speech when it comes to foreign markets. So um, Musk may be a free speech... Uh, you know, in terms of the United States, I'm not really sure, but he took down all the requests that Turkey had. There were tweets against the government were taken down. Uh-huh. Um, so 
you know, the, the press is all controlled by Erdogan, so, you know, what are you going to see? So you, people don't see negative negative stories. They're living some of the negative stories economically. The situation in Turkey is very bad at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's a strong leader. We want the father type. There's, yeah. there's something about that these days. Indeed. Um, that's going around. And like I said, I don't think it's healthy. Not for Turkey, not for Israel, not for the United States. Not for the um, globe. You name it. Yeah. So let's move to India. So India, just an interesting thing. Today, the um, Modai um, President of India has um, uh, began or opened, excuse me, um, the new Parliament building, which is a brand new, you, tremendous building that he built. It showcases his ability to get things done. Um, of course, part of Parliament didn't show up because they're protesting his ultranationalist positions. Um, so, Modi is a, is a controversial leader, uh, by and large popular in the country. And not so popular amongst the minority groups, and very much an Indian nationalist and uh, Hindu nationalist, and so that that creates a certain level of of problems. I mean, we forget. I mean, it's something that uh, I just re- wrote about, about for some purpose on my website recently. You know, we forget that when India came into being, there was a partition between India and Pakistan. Yeah, and you had a hundred million refugees, and tens of thousands of people died. During that period, and those um, those uh, fissures have, to this day, never been quietly quite healed. Have the, um, has it had the, has the tensions been reduced at all between India and Pakistan? A couple of years ago, it was uh, pretty tense. Yeah, for the moment, they seem to be a little bit lower, um, but it's it's hard to know. I mean, both these countries are nuclear armed countries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've gone to war before. I mean, some levels, maybe because they have nuclear weapons the same way it deterred the United States and the Soviet Union, nuclear weapons are a two-edged sword. On one hand, they act as a, pretty much a, a good deterrent against warfare on one level. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if deterrence ever fails, yeah, you know, there's hell to pay, so to speak. Absolutely. So let's move to Ukraine. So Ukraine, we're really in, we're really in this, um, waiting stage. We know that at any given moment the Ukrainian counteroffensive is going to begin. Obviously, the Russians want to know when that moment is, and the Ukrainians are going to do the best they can to um, to start make false starts, to do all they can to not let them know where their main thrust is going to be. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I believe that um, their counteroffensive is going to be more successful than we expect. And uh, I'm going to, I won't quite predict. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Russian army falls apart huh. in the midst of the counteroffensive. Um, we'll have to see. There's a precedent going back to World War I. Uh, so time will tell. Yeah. But the Ukrainians have, at this point, better arms and a much higher level of motivation. I read that so, the uh, Cubans are volunteering to go to Russia and gain uh, citizenship there to get, to get themselves out of Cuba. I guess there could be some cases like that. I, that I that I had not heard. Oh, okay. But it, it, it makes sense to some to some levels. Yeah. But do you want to go volunteer and fight in that war? I mean, the, the Russian casualties have been totally, uh, you know, so very very high. Yeah. In, in the war, um, and you know, again, it's it's very interesting because um, the Ukrainians have proven to be adept at technology, and of course, they're fighting on their homeland. So. We'll see. So, um, uh, Mark, uh, the, uh, the well, it seems to be an increased use of drones in this uh, in this war. Can you comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, um, drones are inexpensive. That's number one. Uh, both sides have access. So the, the Russians don't seem to have too many domestically built ones. I had to turn to the Iranians to buy these drones. Um, they um, obviously you're not taking a chance with your pilots. If a drone gets knocked down, a drone gets knocked down. Not nearly as important as a pilot being knocked down. Mm-hmm. And some percentage of them will get through. The, the Ukrainians have become very good at knocking down the drones overnight. They, theoretically, they knocked down all the drones that attacked Ukraine last night. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's another dimension. Uh, pretty soon we'll have autonomous dr- drones. In other words, drones that are uh, being controlled by AI and that will make their own decisions wow. where to go. And, of course, then we start getting into the world of science fiction and a place we're all afraid to go. But uh, we'll leave that uh, that part aside. 
it was very interesting. This is a side a side thing, but um, your your uh, listeners should hear about this because I think it's interesting and important. Uh, I was listening to a discussion about how we can um, regulate AI before it's too late, uh-huh. and it was brought up that about 25 years ago or 30 years ago, as lasers were being developed, the whole world signed on to an agreement not to use lasers to blind the other side on the battlefield. Yeah. And, you know, the world got together and said, this is, this is too atrocious to do, to blind all this, permanently blind all the other soldiers by using lasers. And so far, the world has kept that. So there are other things we can, we can all agree on. Um, and let's hope we find other areas like that. Well, you're right, though, because we're talking about this war, but the real war is, is a, uh, we're just not uh, heeding. We're not, uh, the warning signs are, are there that AI is so powerful. We just have no idea which way it's going to take us. We've, we've been able to control technology in the past and use it to our favor, but this is, this is a scary time. Very much scary. I, I don't think people understand how scary. I saw a, pro, a poll the other day that, only 22% of Americans think AI is going to affect their jobs. I want to tell you these people are idiots because, it, you know, I use it all the time, both for programming and for history work. Everything I do, I have a window open uh, to ChatGTP4, and I use it constantly. Yeah. Now, I know it's also going to replace me, not that, but some, some version after that, what do, I, what do they need me for, for what I do? Uh, this current version is it's a really, it's a great, tremendous tool. But next version? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I had an ebook that I was uploading to Apple, and I got back and refused, didn't like some of the headers and so part of what was in the in the ebook from a technical standpoint. I pasted into to ChatGPT before, and what Apple said, it explained to me what was wrong. I pasted my code, it came back with the corrected code, pasted the corrected code, and up it went to Apple without a problem. No kidding. I have read, though, that there's been some uh, works done where uh, the footnotes, for example, are to- totally fake. <laughs> yeah, oh, you've got to be very careful. You, can, you can't trust it. Yeah. But when it works, it works unbelievably. <clears throat> Interesting. And so, let's say for programming, it does a tremendous job. When I want to find out some information about a, something in history, I don't rely totally on it, but it comes up with the first, uh, the first look, and it's like losing Wikipedia. You can't trust it, but gives you a pretty good idea, and then you can look somewhere else. Trust but verify. So, Absolutely. Yep, very much so. Mark Schum- but, but remember something. We're at this stage right now. Where are we going to be in five years? Who yeah, knows? Who knows? Mark, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show, and I want to remind our listeners to check out HistoryCentral.com. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Have a great week. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Larry Reed. He is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now 
now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now we have with us Larry Reed. He is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Larry, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you. My pleasure, Larry. Tell us about the Foundation for Economic Education. Okay. We are headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia, but our work takes us everywhere, not only in the country, but abroad. We educate and inspire young people in ideas of individual liberty, free enterprise, private property, and personal character. And we do that uh, through not only the uh, uh, seminars that we hold on campuses and at schools, but also through the very robust website, fee.org, uh, where you'll see daily fresh commentary, uh, free videos and courses, and lots of other information. Terrific organization. I must say I've been to national conferences for the Foundation for Economic Education. I will say it's totally exhilarating to see young people celebrating liberty, personal responsibility, and uh, just really appreciate the great work you're doing. And I encourage our listeners to go to the website, fee.org. Uh, Larry, you wrote a piece called Evil is Rising, but Despair is Not an Option. A great piece, and, and certainly relevant for today and, the, and, and uh, Memorial Day. Maybe you can tell us about it. Okay, thank you, Bob. Yeah, this article, uh, which appeared a week ago at fee.org, has really generated uh, a lot of interest. Uh, I wrote it because I have sensed, and I believe that many other Americans have as well, that there's something going on in, country, uh, in the country that is... Uh, far deeper than just uh, a relapse of, of character, that there is actual evil at work in the world. Mm-hmm. And you see it manifested in so many ways, the sexualization of our children in the schools. You see it in the constant lying that's taking place, uh, not only in Washington, but in lots of places around the world. Just, just a huge slippage in the standards that we once uh, held so dear uh, and it's rather ominous uh, in, in so many respects. Some people would say, uh, well, this is the work of the devil. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a call that each person has to make. As a Christian, I think uh, there's a lot to that. Uh, but uh, evil is certainly a very muscular term. Um, I don't know how to describe anything that's worse than evil. So I kind of use it, use it as a synonym for as bad as it gets. Mm-hmm. And its gateway drug is disdain for the truth, the little white lies that lead to bigger ones that then open the door to more heinous offenses. And I think most people know what I'm talking about. They sense it, too. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I've forgotten the guy's name who wrote uh, The the Roadless Traveled, uh, but he also wrote a book called People of the Lie. And his uh, summary really comes down to the fact that uh, people... Evil is all about people who will not uh, abide by the truth. They tell lies in order to have influence or gain power or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think uh, lies is uh, really where it starts. Uh, Lying is an indication that one uh, does not stand for the truth. Yeah. And uh, the mortal enemy of evil is truth. So evil has to work through lies and does work through lies in order to... uh, do its dirty work, and uh, lies then lead to bigger things. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed that uh, virtually every manifestation of evil involves the uh, desire to dominate and control, to compel other people to bow to your will. Uh, and evil often starts out in very small ways and draws its victims in one at a time, but deception is where it's really headed. And um, that only magnifies uh, the evilness. And uh, you combine evil with power, and you've got uh, an incredibly 
destructive uh, motivation at work in the world. Yeah, plus plus it tends to rally around an ideology like uh, uh, communism or socialism, whatever it might be, and that is somehow to change the society and to undo all the good that we have from our founding fathers onward, including the people that gave, made the ultimate sacrifice uh, uh, as we observe that on Memorial Day. But, uh, you know, people are trying to undo the good that's been done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 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 the uh, problem of evil is that it's, of course, at constant war with good and with truth. And when you uh, look at people that we have good reason to believe are evil based upon their actions, they typically revel in the misfortune of others. They bully and manipulate. They mm-hmm. fabricate. They dissemble. <clears throat> they conceal their real selves. Uh, one author put it this way, he said, they leave you with a weird feeling when you're around them. Uh, they're often mean to both animals and people, and yeah. they show no remorse uh, for the harm that they cause. They evade responsibility for their actions, and maybe most importantly, they crave power. And when they get it, it becomes their means for institutionalizing some very terrible things. Absolutely, and uh, evil, as you pointed out, is manifested in acts so horrible that no one can excuse them. It's just, uh, and we're talking about, in your case, you're talking about school shootings. Yeah, I mean, you can't get a whole lot more evil than that, for sure. But then evil doesn't stop there. Uh, You often see after school shootings uh, some well-intentioned people, perhaps manipulated uh, by evil, and others that uh, aren't so well-intentioned. They immediately go after the innocent, Mm-hmm. Uh, they decry the school shooting, but then they say the answer is to deprive uh, those who didn't do it with their means to defend themselves. And in my mind, that is not only untruthful, it's, it's evil itself to deprive innocent people, uh, to blame them, in effect, for uh, a terrible crime and then deprive them of the ability to defend themselves in future circumstances. So true. And I, just out of curiosity, as an historian, uh, and this is probably an unanswerable question, but is evil now a growing problem or has it always been operating in our society, in, uh, in on the globe? Uh, in, it's in, always been operating. It's been here since the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And there are moments in history where it sort of flares up, where people, for various reasons, uh, let their guard down. Uh, certainly uh, several years of the French Revolution Uh, come to mind because uh, uh, that was uh, evil personified with blood flowing in the streets and people being guillotined uh, often for little or no good reason and um, uh, you know that that was a very evil time but uh, we do tend to bounce back from it that's no guarantee that we will in the future Uh, but uh, nonetheless uh, it has to be fought so uh, your admonition to us is to uh, not uh, despair is not an option. Can you comment on that? Yeah, uh, if people look at uh, the bad things happening around them and say, what can we do about it? I'm only one person. Uh, I'm just going to run and hide. Uh, I think that's exactly what evil wants you to do, mm-hmm. and uh, because evil knows that that's the way it can win. Uh, good people should not be depressed or dispirited by the presence of evil, but should rally and uh, do their job, and that is to uh, elevate truth and good and to fight evil. The last thing that evil desires is an informed citizenry that's eager to resist. It's not inevitable that evil should win uh, unless good people give up. Uh, So well said. I think we'll leave it at that. Again, Larry Reed, he is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. If you have a young person in your life, high school or college age, introduce them to the Foundation for Economic Education, FEE.org. Larry, really appreciate your contribution here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help with the exclusive confident retirement approach 
You'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability of Proudly Serving Their Board. They get the politics and know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to uh, w- have winning strategies in the legislature. You can find out more by visiting the website, the FGA. Org, the FGA.org. We have with us Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author since he retired of some great murder mysteries. His first is Follow the Leader, its sequel, Shake the Money Tree, and his latest, No Problem. Jim, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's a pleasure. Happy Memorial Day. Hey, you know, I was thinking that as a boomer, I was born in 1949. Um, my entire generation was was raised by World War II veterans. Yeah. So, for example, you know, my dad was a Marine, and he fought in uh, Saipan, Tinian, and Okinawa, wow. three horrible places. Um, you know, neighbors' fathers uh, fought in Europe. And when we played youth football, you know, the fathers had been through war, and they were anticipating that, you know, more wars would come. So they raised us, us boys to be very tough and resilient and and football practice was like boot camp i mean if today if if a coach yelled at at the kids the way our fathers and and, and our friends fathers yelled at us at football uh they they'd end up being sued and I never uh, thought about we, that, Jim. It's a great point. I never thought about that. You're exactly right, though. I mean, it's just, it's, the coaches could be really tough on you in the day. Yeah, and we loved it, yeah. you know. So uh, uh, I just mentioned that, that uh, you know, it's it's more than than and them having risked their lives for us, the soldiers, and, and all the wars since and before. Uh, but also, also they, they, they had a, a huge impact on the next generation and, and that was back in the day before the pill when i mean there were children all over the packs of children it's yeah. hard to imagine today but yeah. uh, a different <clears throat> world so so speaking of a different world i mean we have the um, today i guess we get the details of the uh, agreement hammered out between house speaker kevin mccarthy and president joe biden and i'm sure it's going to be far from perfect um, but, I, I wonder know, if it's so, going to be. I wonder if it could be implemented. I, I have real concerns about that. Well, yeah, I think um, it's a problem for the Republican Party. I mean, I mean, I think they should declare victory because they are so close. The party is so close in twenty twenty four to capturing the House and the Senate. It would be ridiculous to blow that advantage now with a game of chicken. You know, I think they've made a point that the uh, Democrats have us on an unsustainable fiscal path, and something has to be done to curb 
the spending, uh, and, and and they're doing that maybe minimally. Yeah, but it's uh, it's more than anybody expected. But you know, to to really frighten the public with talk of default, you know, and the press, by the way, is whipping up the uh, the uh, fans, the winds of anxiety. As because, as is Janet Yellen. Yeah. Yes. It, but it works. Yeah. And. And it causes a lot of anxiety among voters, especially independents. Uh, you don't want to risk losing the independents when you have, you know, the Republicans only need a net pickup of two or three seats in the Senate. And there are 33 Senate contests this year. And a, and a lot of those seats are vulnerable. A lot of Democratic seats are vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, the Republicans should really be playing a long ball. Now, the, the problem is, and, and another old saw, is that the uh, House, which has 435 seats, is really a collection of 435 mayors. Right. Because, you know, the House members are playing to their particular audiences. So if you, if you have, you know, members of uh, a caucus, like, I forget the name of the far-right caucus, the Freedom Caucus. Right. Uh, if they refuse to com compromise and risk a default, uh, they're going to get blamed, not the Democrats. And, and it's, going to, it's just going to blow the chance of the party to take both houses of Congress. Yeah, well, we'll see with that. It, it's, uh, there's just a vulnerable. Of course, uh, the people on the left, too, are not pleased with this, uh, with this uh, compromise either. And they have their own, uh, some are threatening to, uh, to veto or to, to uh, f uh, vote against the, uh, the deal. So it's, it's, I guess the old saying in politics, if nobody likes it, it must be a, a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, looking at the Democrat side, I mean, when you look at the, the polling numbers for the president, they're abysmal. Yeah. And one of the reasons they're abysmal, I don't think Democrats appreciate the cultural wars. I mean, that how deeply the public feels about uh, the, the lurch to the left and, and, you know, going soft on criminals and, and the transvestite, you know, men competing with women. I don't think they appreciate how that is resonating with the population. And so Biden, by, by making a deal uh, that is repugnant to the left, I think he's trying to improve his polling numbers with the people in the middle. I, I doubt that it will work, but he sees it as as a win-win because, mm. uh, again, because he's, he's lost all the independence at this point. Well, it's very true, Jim. And uh, like I say, that uh, I think there'll probably be some changes by the time there's a vote. I think we'll probably see some changes in this thing to, uh, so there'll be more and more accommodation. And uh, hopefully they get it passed before the before there's a uh, default on any kind of our debt. debt. Unfortunately, I think she should be, and I'm talking about Yellen, should be much more transparent. I think she should show us the numbers and make her case for uh, how this is going to happen because I don't think anybody believes, uh, well, now it's June 5th, not June, June 1st. I don't think anybody uh, really believes that number, that uh, date. Uh, I agree, but I would point out, you know, I, I follow uh, Kevin McCarthy on Twitter and Newt Gingrich, and Gingrich, who is a veteran of these battles, although he hasn't endorsed McCarthy's plan, he keeps re retweeting McCarthy, so so he's he's given tacit approval to the plan. So I think I think Gingrich sees the um, he's playing long ball. He sees the the pitfalls of getting too close to the edge of the cliff. I don't think we're going to go over the cliff, but again, you don't want to frighten the public unduly because, you know, otherwise uh, you have to, if you control both houses of Congress, uh, your agenda is uh, guaranteed. Yeah. Jim McTague, again, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. You have to take a look at one of his novels. Get Pick up uh, No Problem by Jim McTague, M-C, capital T-A-G-U. It's a great read. Jim, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I did and learned a lot. I uh, hope you'll visit with us tomorrow. Catherine Pasadomo, Kathleen Pasadomo, our 
pres- Senate president will be with us as well as Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Be safe on this Memorial Day and remember those who gave their lives for our freedom and safety. Uh, I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.